Hello and welcome to the Leadership Institute's Wednesday Wake Up Club Breakfast Podcast, recorded live every first Wednesday of the month. In May 2019, Ohio Representative Jim Jordan came to the Stephen P.J. Wood Building in Arlington, Virginia, to talk to us about big tech censorship, leftist college administrations, and how the Leadership Institute helps him succeed. So get some marmalade on your bagel and take a sip of your sweet tea, because you're listening to the Wednesday Wake Up Club Breakfast Podcast. Are you looking to launch your career? Do you want to gain real, professional experience while sharpening your media skills? Then apply today to be a studio's intern here at the Leadership Institute. As a studio's intern, you'll master Adobe programs and get behind-the-scenes access to media professions across the board. Just go to leadershipinstitute.org and click on the Career tab to learn more. That's leadershipinstitute.org and click on the Career tab to learn more. Philip, uh, thank you. It's, uh, I appreciate those kind words. It's always nice to have someone say nice things about you. <clears throat> and when they're a conservative from, uh, from Ohio, it's uh, even better. So thank you. Can you all hear me? All right, good. Um, uh, and, and Steve, good to see you. Uh, when I first got to Congress with Steve and I, we, we were just talking about this earlier, 12 years ago. Uh, we come out here and did some uh, uh, media training here at the Leadership Institute. Steve and I debated each other, and you'd learn to put the earpiece in, look at the camera, because you can't see the, who's asking you questions and all the things that you have to do in our uh, crazy line of work. So we appreciate the training. I hope it served, served me well. I think it certainly did, um, at least from, from our perspective. So good to see Stevie Coltrane Sutton here uh, this morning as well. And uh, Morton, thank you for, for your your work over so many years and the impact you've had on so many people, and particularly the young people. Um, so many young people start off here and then go into politics and make a difference for, for the greatest country in history. And um, so I, I just want to encourage you a little closer, better. Okay. <clears throat> Plus I got a cold. We've been, I've been traveling all over to, in a week's time we were in Florida, Texas, back to Ohio, then DC and Italy all within crazy crazy week and so you get you get sick sometimes so I'll, I'll try to talk closer but thank you again morton for what you do and for all the young people here it's, it's um <clears throat> we need young people involved in politics particularly right now when the left has gone completely crazy um and so i i say this probably every speech i give thank you for being involved um you know the the i learned a long time ago you you can't accomplish anything of significance anything of meaning uh, unless you're willing to get off the sidelines and get in the game and do the hard work and the sacrifice and the, and, and, and the, and the discipline and dedication that's always required <clears throat> to accomplish anything of meaning or significance. And when you do that, when you get off the sideline and actually step into the fight, um, you're taking risk. And when you take the risk, you're going to, the, probably the biggest risk is you're going to be attacked. Um, and certainly as a conservative. You're going to be attacked by the press. I mean, jeepers. I, I, tell, I tell my colleagues in the House Freedom Caucus, if the press isn't saying something bad about you, you're not doing anything any good. So just, just understand that's the way it works. Uh, I share this line all the time, but I like it. Uh, any of you ever read Cal Thomas, syndicated columnist? Uh, always has a – yeah, he's good. He, uh, he, he writes well, and he had a great line when he's talking about normal people like all of us and the elite national media like the Washington Post and the New York – New York Times, and Cal Thomas says, I get up every morning, I read my Bible and the New York Times, so I can see what each side's up to. 
And there's a lot of truth to that. So just understand that from the start. If you come from a, a conservative perspective and you're fighting for the things that make America the best, the best country ever, you're going to be attacked. Uh, and I just, again, want to thank you for, for doing that. When I say the left is crazy, it is true. They have, they have completely lost it. They want uh, you know, the marginal tax rate to 70%, 90%. They want to go with, get rid of all private sector health care. Um, you can look at the life issue, what we've seen happen in certain states. The governor of the state that we're in right now, what he said about the life issue, scary. Um, think about just the immigration law. I mean, th think about just the f four statements. You got Blumenauer who says abolish ICE. You had the, the candidate for the Democrat Party when they ran in 2016, Secretary Clinton, say she uh, believes in a borderless hemisphere. Um, you have the Speaker of the House who said walls are immoral. Uh, and then, of course, you had Stacey Abrams who gave the response to President Trump's State of the Union address say that she's okay with non-citizens voting. I mean, I, those are some of the most radical positions I've ever, ever seen. And then if you just, you, you think about, build on Stacey Abrams' statement <clears throat> and think where they want to take election law, 139 Democrats on the House floor voted to let 16-year-olds vote. I always, just, I always think the best follow-up to that is, think back to when you were 16, <laughs> right? I mean, they're, they're what they want to do in election law. They want, your, they want taxpayers to finance all elections. I mean, such a deal. You get to use your tax dollars to help keep the people in the swamp who created the swamp in the first place. Wow, such a bargain, right? I mean, they have to get the most radical positions I've ever seen. And that is, <clears throat> again, why it's so important that we continue to step forward and fight for the things that make our country uh, so special. The reason I think the left is so crazy it goes back to, they don't, they don't start from the same premise we do. They really don't. And I think this is important to understand. I think everyone in this room believes that we live in the greatest nation in history. The left doesn't start there. They think America is just one of, one of the 190 some countries on the planet. They don't view America in the same, same way that we do. And when you start from the wrong premise, <clears throat> I think that leads to all kinds of problems. And what I would just take a few minutes to talk about, and then we'll take questions. And you can, you know, you, I always tell every group, if you're allowed to ask any question you want, uh, you all pay my salary. So you can yell at me. You can ask whatever. We still have, uh, in spite of the previous administration, we still have this thing called the First Amendment. Uh, and you get, you'll get a chance to exercise your First Amendment rights here in a second. But when you boil it all down, I think it's freedom is under attack right now in this country. <clears throat> and I'll just give you a couple of examples. Let's start first with the social media, big tech world. So last summer, I, I learned a term I didn't know. You young people all know this, but I didn't know it. Our, our staff had to tell me. We got some of our staff here. Uh, last summer, uh, our staff told me Twitter is shadow banning you and a couple of, of our colleagues. And I'm like, shadow ban? I didn't know what the term meant. But I'm still not exactly sure what it all means. But it basically made it more difficult for people who were on Twitter to access your account and see what, whatever you might be saying. And uh, it turned out that you know, there were 435 members of the House. There are uh, obviously 100 members of the Senate. So 535, four. Only four members of Congress, Gates, Meadows, Nunes, Jordan, were being shadow banned by Twitter. 
And of course, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, when he was asked about it, he said, well, this was, this was just a glitch in our algorithm. <laughs> and I was, on a, I was doing a TV thing, and I said, glitch in your algorithm? Well, what'd you, what'd you put in the algorithm? The names Gates, Meadows, Nunes, Jordan? I mean, do they think we're crazy? I mean, you just had to pick four of the conservative guys who were working on this, this whole FBI targeting and what, what was going on there. Are you interested in running for office? Want to work on a campaign? At the Leadership Institute, it is our mission to increase the effectiveness of conservative activists and leaders in the public policy process. We offer over 40 different trainings, including campaign management school, on-camera TV trainings, and writing workshops. If you want to make a difference in public policy, visit leadershipinstitute.org. That's leadershipinstitute.org. seeing it and you know think about this how many anyone know how many searches a day happen on google billion like five billion a day and what comes to the top of the search could have an impact on all kinds of things you think about just in an election context could have certainly have an impact on on election outcomes so this is serious Uh, i think it's important that we highlight the power that these these big tech companies, uh, these big tech companies have, and understand the threat to liberty, the threat to freedom, that is that is part of this. Second is, of course, we got, like I said, all these younger folks here. What's happening on college campuses and universities? And I find this particularly, because this is many times is taxpayer dollars um, on these campuses. This is the whole safe space, free speech zone. You follow all this, right? Some of you're living it. Um, they have this thing now on college campuses. We did, we did a series of hearings last Congress when we were in control in the Oversight Committee. Congressman Meadows chaired one subcommittee. I had another one, and we did these joint hearings uh, where we focused on, on these issues. And we had the first one, we had um, Ben Shapiro and Adam Carolla come in and talk. If you got nothing better, you should watch it because it was, I mean, Shapiro was typically, you know, Typical good, great, great, great communicator and sharp guy, and, and Corolla was just hilarious. Um, but we had these series of hearings where we, where we went through this issue, and we had one of our later ones. We had just some college professors come in and talk about safe spaces, free speech zones, and all the stuff. They, they have this new thing called bias response teams. Have you followed this? If you had bias response, it's like a bunch of tattletales who run around campus, and if you say something politically incorrect, you get in trouble. I mean, you could be disciplined for it. It could go on your official right. It's scary. It's truly scary. Bias, typical education, uh, some fancy name for what we would call tattletales. And I'm, I'm like old enough to remember, I thought you went to college to do politically incorrect thing, right? I thought that's what it was about. But now you get in big trouble for it. So we had these professors, and uh, I said to this one professor near the end of the hearing, <clears throat> I said, uh, Professor, on a college campus, can a safe space and a free speech zone be at the same location? Yeah, think about it. You're supposed to laugh because this, this, this is the level of absurdity the left will take us to. I said, or is it like some, one of those Venn diagrams where there's a little bit of overlap? So you can have one foot in a safe space, one foot in a free speech zone, and there's a little bit of real estate in between that's safe and free, right? It gets crazy. And I said to the other professor, and this was really near the end of the hearing. I said, Professor, uh, 
in a uh, in a safe space on a college campus, could I say this sentence? Donald Trump is president. And his response began, now think about this. His response began with, well, Congressman, it depends. So I interrupted him and I said, he's the president. He was elected on November 8th, 2016. It's a fact. He was the electoral, he won the electoral college. He lives at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. There is no, it depends about it. It's a fact. So again, this is what happens when, when the left goes down this crazy trail that they want to take our country down. And it's important that we, and I haven't even got to the biggest concern. I mean, you got, you got what's happening in, you know, the big tech corporate world. You have colleges and universities, but the biggest threat to freedom has always been what? Government, right? Big government, federal government. And you think about some of the things we've witnessed in the last few years, and I won't go into detail, but just it was only about six, seven years ago where we learned that an agency that has the power and influence over people's lives that the IRS does systematically for a sustained period of time targeted people just like all of us in this room. They did it, and they got caught. They were going after conservative Tea Party groups, conservative groups around the country. And then we learned, and I thought that was the worst thing I'd ever seen until this FBI thing come along. And we see where you had the FBI, and we know this happened. The FBI took one party's opposition research document, dressed it up, made it appear to be legitimate intelligence, took it to a secret court to get a secret warrant to take away the fundamental rights that American citizens have when they spied on an associate of the other party's campaign. That is not supposed to happen in America, but it did. So this is, when I talk about freedom is under attack, it's serious, and how crazy the left has gotten, it is true. And I think the other thing that sort of drives the left so crazy is they cannot take the fact that things are going so well under the leadership of President Trump. Drives them crazy. I, I put this list together, and I was saying it all during the campaign last year. Now, instead of saying two years, it's, it's basically two and a half years. But in two and a half years, you think about this. Taxes have been reduced. The economy is growing at an unbelievable rate. Regulations have been cut. Unemployment's at its lowest in 50 years. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh are on the, on the court. We're out of the crazy Iran deal. The embassy is, in fact, in Jerusalem. The hostages have been returned from North Korea. And, oh, by the way, there's a new NAFTA agreement coming. That's in two and a half years. That is phenom- that's a good term. That's a good presidency. But that's happened under the leadership of President Trump in just two and a half years' time. And that, again... Um, drives the left completely mad. So I would just encourage us to think about our task has never changed. It's it's why Morton and his team train folks here, the Leadership Institute. Our task is to defend the things that make make America special. Um, I love the verse that, I love the verse that Paul, Paul's the old guy giving advice to Timothy, the young guy, 2 Timothy 4, 7. You guys all know this one? Fight the good fight, finish the course, keep the faith. And I like the verse because of, I feel like it's a verse written for America. I'm sure there'd be theologians and pastors who would tell me that's probably not the quite uh, the interpretation that is accurate. But when you think about those words, fight, finish, keep, words of action, words of energy, words you associate, like I always, I always say America is not, we're not wimpy, timid people. We're Americans. We're people of action. We're people of energy. Uh, it's always who, 
who we've always been. And um, so I think that's a verse written for us. And I think it should be our, our challenge, our charge as we, we do what we need to do to protect this, this, this great country. When you fight for the things that matter, just understand this as I started with, it'll be hard. It's never easy. Um, any, of you ever, any of you ever seen that movie, 1776? Yeah, we made our kids all, we were, our kids were homeschooled, Philip. And I'm sure there's some other homeschoolers in here. Um, grew up watching it. And it's a great movie because it's about those guys that hot summer in Philadelphia when they decided to declare to the world why it was actually appropriate to commit treason. And Adams is the guy who wants to get on with it. He's the impatient one and he's pushing. It's a great show. Um, the best scene in my judgment is near the end when Jefferson has written the document declaring to the world why America is going to do what it's going to do. And they're now doing what Congresses always do. They're marking it up. They're going to amend it, change it, delete it, have a debate, do what legislative bodies do. And they're going through this, and Adams is impatient. He wants to get on with it. But they go through the debate, and one member stands up and says, we need to change this section. Because when King George sees this, it's just, it's just too tough. We're going to have to tone this down. Adams rolls his eyes. Pretty soon, another member stands up and says, well, this paragraph, we've got we to gotta amend this as well. Because when Parliament sees this, it's just too strong. We're going to have to tone this down as well, and Adams rolls his eyes. Pretty soon a third member stands up and says, this section's got to go all together because this could jeopardize our deep sea fishing rights off the coast of New England. And Adams can't take it any longer, and he stands up and says, it's a revolution, dang it. We're going to have to offend somebody. <laughs> and the point is, our job as defending the principles that matter, it's not about offending anyone, but it is about standing strong and standing firm. Second, do it with a smile. I tell people all the time, we got the truth on our side, we might as well smile about it. The vice president has a great line. He says, I'm conservative and I'm not mad about it, right? So let's, let's defend things that count, but do it with a smile on our face. Recognize that it will be hard. And the last thing I'll say, and then I will take your questions is, don't talk about socialism. Talk about the loss of freedom. What we're seeing play out in Venezuela over the last several months is the loss of freedom. It is when, when you take away free enterprise and you take away capitalism, you take away liberty, you take away, when you take away, there's a reason that we call the House Freedom Caucus the House Freedom Caucus. Because in the end, it's about freedom. We had a great presentation and conference yesterday. A guy who works for Mario uh, Diaz-Balart who let, got on a boat and got out of Cuba. And he says this, he said, I was leaving free education and free health care because I wanted freedom. Big difference. So we need to talk about the loss of freedom. I had the opportunity, my background's a sport of wrestling. I, I was in the Soviet Union in 1987. I was in Cuba in 88, 90. And I tell people, you go to places like that, you think the good Lord you live here. I, I, always, I always joke and say, I was in Moscow in February. Moscow in February, it's like 400 below zero. I mean, it's, and the food was terrible. And Cuba is a warm Soviet Union. Truly is. I was there in 1988. In 1988, they were driving 58 Chevys. 1990, I was in Cuba, they were driving 58 Chevys. My guess is in 2019 in Cuba, they're driving 58 Chevys. And, and understand this, it is not about the people. People are people. 
We're all in need of God's grace. It's about a system that takes away freedom. When you don't have capitalism, free markets, free enterprise, liberty, freedom, fundamental rights protected, bad things happen. And we are seeing it play out on TV right now in Venezuela. So that our, our charges talk about what the loss of freedom looks like and how great we've had it in this country. We do that, um, we'll, be, we'll be just fine. Thanks for listening to the Wednesday Wake Up Club Breakfast Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to share and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. To listen to more breakfast, head over to the Leadership Institute YouTube channel. And to see who our next WWCB speaker is, visit our website at leadershipinstitute.org. The Wednesday Wake Up Club Breakfast Podcast is produced and edited by Alexander Chang with support from Tiffany Roberts and Jared Cummings. Advertisements by Alexander Chang and Christopher Olson. Executive produced by David Fenner and Morton Blackwell.